Hi, morning. <laughs> yeah, as I standing here, I I remembered back way back to 1998 when I actually responded to the Lord at the altar, and I I make a commitment to be totally sold out for Him. Little did I know that I'm here today, totally sold out at the land filled with milk and honey. <laughs> I was preparing for the worst, but yeah. Just <laughs> glory to God. He's amazing. He's just too good. And he's able to do what beyond what we can ask and even imagine. His God is so good. Yeah. So I just want to share one instant when I was very young in a faith. And one day I asked the Lord, God, how can I know that I love you? Because I can't even feel you that I was very young. And amazingly, the Lord showed me a vision of, I was asking him, what actually is in your heart, Lord? And he showed show me his heart. It's just filled with multitude, nothing else. And the Lord spoke to me, if you love people, you love me. And I was just, now that I know the word of God in First John 4, verse 12 said, no one else has seen God. But if we love one another, God abide in us, and his love make complete in us. Yeah, it makes sense when I know the scripture, and how do I know that I love God if I love people? And look, and I, today we're chosen to be here to love and to serve. And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit that has been deposited in us flow. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. My wife has lots of story for you to hear. Yes. And uh, yeah, we've been very blessed, very blessed. And uh, I'm aware and conscious of time. So I will not say too many things of, of our own journey first. There are lots of stories in between us. But uh, when uh, Gideon asked me to share about the heart for the house, my heart always melted for the house of God. Way back in 1983, the first year when I came to know Christ, since having an encounter with Jesus, experiencing His love, experiencing His peace, experiencing His joy, I was born again. I was transformed. I knew all my guilts and sins were taken away. I knew what the scripture says of being born again and being a new creation. I was totally transformed from the inside. And all my goals and ambitions were just thrown away. Jesus became so real, and I knew, and I knew that in 1983, it's worth giving up everything in this earth, on this earth, on this planet earth, to have Jesus in our life. It makes all the difference. It made all the difference in my life. It changed the cause, the goal, and the dreams of my life. And so much so that when I came into this church called Good News Fellowship in 1983, the Holy Spirit just began to embed the word and the vision of the church into our hearts and our soul. And from then on, our life, our destiny, our purpose is to see the vision of that church, the vision of that house 
purpose of God to be fulfilled in that land where we were worshipping and serving Him. So from that time on, it was all about fulfilling the vision of the church because the Holy Spirit put that so strongly into our heart. So when, when Gideon said, talk about the heart of the house, it really melts my heart. Because we realized that after 40 years being in this church called Good News Fellowship, God is, has brought this house into our hearts. And we are entering to a new season where the vision of this house is becoming rooted in our soul, in our lives. And this is becoming our new dream, our new passion, and our new direction for this season. Hallelujah. And we thank God for bringing us here. And from the time, from the short time we have met Gideon and Catherine over a different space of time, the last few years, both of us realized that many words they have spoken are actually from the Lord himself. And the Lord confirmed what they have been speaking through many other prophecies and many other words we have received over many years. So we are sure that this is a calling from God. We are sure that we are here because God has opened the door. We are sure that this is the house that God has called us to be into after 40 years being in East Malaysia, Sarawak. We love the church that we have left. It was not easy for us to be uprooted. We have many families, many people that we have known for the 40 years. We were not removed. We were not uh, asked to leave. We left willingly. We left with love. We left with many tears over many uh, uh, farewells and many, many uh, 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 gatherings. But uh, we came with joy and peace, knowing that he has called us to be here. And it was wonderful. It has been wonderful. And we're looking forward for what the Lord has in store here. There's going to be great new things. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be signs and wonders because the Holy Spirit has spoken again and again that he, that the thing that he's going to do in this season are far more greater than what he has done in the past. And he has been speaking again and again through many prophetic words. So we are looking forward. We are excited to love and to serve together. So church, we are excited. We have known some of you and we would like to know more of you. And we would like to see more people coming and worshipping here. Gideon was saying that there are many more going to come. I will say amen to that. And I was thinking, but the place is a bit small. <laughs> yeah, he already fully packed. Okay, let's, let's, uh, I got not much time left, but I'd like to share three aspects of the heart uh, for the house. The first one, first one is uh, in uh, his presence. The first aspect for, about the heart for the house is about his presence. David, I would like to start with the life of David. David loved the house of the Lord. We heard the scripture being read just now. The psalm of David was filled with longing to abide in God's presence within his house. We know that God's omnipresence was felt by David in many ways. He was taking care of his sheep. He was the little boy that defeated the giant Goliath. And uh, he was the king that went for war. God was before him and with him and around him. God's omnipresence is all and everywhere. We know that that is God's omnipresence. And David wrote, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my beds in the depths, you are there. I'm sure 
you can agree with, with me and with many that we can feel the tangible presence of God when we come together as a body of Christ to worship him. And God is present in a very unique way to manifest his presence. So we are moving from an omnipresent God to a manifest presence of God. We are talking about his presence that is tangible among his people when we come together. Israel was redeemed by God to dwell with God. And, and the Lord, who is omnipresent, said to the prophets and to the people of Israel, then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among that. In Exodus 25, 8, he says, have them make a sanctuary for me. This God who is omnipresent was asking for a sanctuary that he may dwell among his people. And this God says, to the nation of Israel, that he wants to make them a kingdom of priests. And he wants to dwell among this kingdom of priests. He wants to dwell among this holy nation. Well, that was not fulfilled fully by the Israelites. But in Christ Jesus, it is being made real. We are made into a kingdom of priests. We are made into a holy nation. We are made into a people belonging to God by what Christ has done on the cross. His death, his blood shed for us has cleansed us from all our sins and all the curses removed. And we are not just people known by name and ethnicity, but we are a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, a people belonging to God. And he wants a sanctuary among his people. So as his people, when we come together, we are enthroning Jesus in our praise and worship. And as a kingdom, there is a king. Where there is a kingdom, there is a king. Where there is a king, there is one seated on the throne with authority. And as we praise and worship him week by week, there is a change in the atmosphere. There's going to be a change upon the atmosphere in Christ's church. There's going to be a shifting of authority. There's going to be a shifting of powers and rulers. And we're going to see the presence and glory of God doing new and great things. Christ's church is redeemed for Christ. Hallelujah. Christ's church and New Zealand is redeemed for Jesus. And this is the plan of God in the coming days and season, that God is going to do a greater work. God is going to see the redemption of many that are not in the kingdom yet. He has chosen many to come into this church, into this sanctuary, so that the king of all kings may be worshipped. So that the king of all kings may be exalted. And when he is exalted and the shift happens upon this city, it's going to change the island and the nation. The Holy Spirit is present. He's present. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's already here. For years, he's already been here. But he's already here for greater things. So let us press on into his presence in our secret place and also in our weekly meetings and Sunday services. So let us come together as a body of Christ every Sunday. Let us put aside all the other things. I have a, a sister and brother-in-law. Uh, he used to have many health problems. And uh, they, they, they have a very, very, uh, very dysfunctional family and a lot of problems. And they were going to the uh, Hindu temple, the Buddhist temple, and uh, uh, the Siamese temple. And they have all these different idols in front of the house, inside the house, behind the house. They were seeking for an answer, a solution for their lives and their marriage. And she used to say, my husband is very hot-tempered. And, and, and they were very shaky all the time. But one day, 
I, I came to know the Lord earlier. I was, I was, I couldn't do much to witness to them because being a younger one sometimes is a challenge to talk to the older ones in our culture. So what happened was I kept praying for them, and God sent a sing. You know those guys with turbans to go and witness to my brother-in-law and sister, and they came to know the Lord, and they, and the pastor actually brought a van at night to remove all the idols from the house because their lives were transformed by Jesus. Hallelujah. And my sister used to say that every week the husband could not wait to go to church on Sunday because they could feel the peace, that they could feel the tangible presence of God. Lives were being transformed. Life will continuously be transformed until his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Church, there are many more families and individuals that need to hear this good news, that need to hear about Jesus, that need to hear the loving and grace and mercies of God. So when we look around this, that God wants to establish his throne in the midst of this city. The Lord determined to dwell in the midst of his people. He wants to build a sanctuary in the midst of us. So we come together. I'm sure many of you have remembered that song, Jesus, we enthrone you. Standing here in the midst of us. And this same Jesus, John saw him standing in the midst of all the lampstands in the church, seven churches in the book of Revelation. He's standing here in the midst of us. And as we lift him up, he will be glorified and the atmosphere will change because his authority will go forth to the ends of the city and to the ends of this nation. In Hebrews 10 verse 25, the writer of Hebrews writes there, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So let us as a church continue to press on into his presence. Come, have a heart for this place because this is the heart of God. This is the place of God. This is not about coming to a place called harmony. This is a sanctuary that has been set aside for his glory and the extension of his kingdom. This is a place that came to be because of his calling and his purpose. He has broken down barriers. He straightened the path that you and I can come to this place to worship in church. So let us church come regularly, come willingly, come with joy, come with praises, come with psalms and let us exalt the King of all kings and the Lord of lords. He is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to Jesus. In Psalm 26 verse 8, David declares, Lord, I love the house where you live. He has met God in the fields, in the battlefields, in the pasture, and in many places. But yet, he says, I love the house where you live. David was a man after God's own heart. He loved the Lord, not just his omnipresence. He wants to be in the sanctuary. He gave he came, he gave his life, and he began to sow into the kingdom of God. So he also says that. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. Now, David didn't ask for a bigger army. 
He didn't ask for more land. He didn't ask for more soldiers. He didn't ask for, for, for conquering more nations. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. How is our desire for the house of the Lord? How do we long for this house of the Lord? How do we long to come into His presence week after week to worship Him, to adore Him, to exalt His name and to draw near to Him as one body in this sanctuary. And when in this sanctuary we come and meet in unity and love Him and worship Him, there are things that are going to happen in the heavenly sanctuary. Because what happens on the earth will affect what happens up there. So we thank God for, for, for David and how he longed for the house of God. The sons of Korah expressed the same desire. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the loving God, living God. He is lovesick for the house of God. And he's longing for the house of God. He's passionate for the house of God. The sons of Korah have the same desire. So the second aspect I would like to share is about giving. In First Chronicles 29, David had called on all Israel to give generously to the construction of the temple. He had a vision. And he told his people that let us give towards this vision. And he himself gave and his people gave generously. In verse 9, the scripture says, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they have given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David, the king, also rejoiced greatly. They gave and they rejoiced. They gave and they rejoiced. And they rejoiced as they see one another giving. They rejoiced as the king gave. The king gave from the kingdom resources and also from his personal resources. He gave in millions or what we call billions today in gold and silver. So he gave generously. King David gave generously. And the matter of truth came in First Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generally as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Who am I? David asked. Who am I without God's grace? Who am I without the wisdom from the Holy Spirit? Who am I if God doesn't give me the ability to gain wealth? Who am I if God doesn't open doors, jobs, and opportunities? Who am I if God doesn't open college and universities for me to pursue my studies? Who am I in this land without Him? But yet the favor, the goodness of God has preceded us. It has gone before us to open doors, to give us wisdom, enable us to have what we have. And how do we hold it? When everything comes from God. So in verse 23, in the same chapter, the scripture says, So Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king in place of his father David. He prospered and all Israel obeyed him. Now it's interesting that in the beginning of chapter 29, we hear David talking about his son Solomon who is young and inexperienced. But by the time we go to the last verse, we hear about Solomon sits on the throne and he prospered. David, the father, had so generously. It's not about Solomon's wisdom alone. David, the father, had so generously and the son Solomon in the next generation was reaping abundantly. Yeah. 
The scripture says that, remember, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Sow generously will reap generously. For God loves a cheerful giver. David sowed. We know that sowing a seed will take time to reap a harvest. Some seeds grow in a few days, some a few weeks, some a few months, some after a few years. But whatever is it, fathers and mothers, let us sow for the sake of the next generation too. We are not just sowing for our generation. My wife and me always remind one another about our tithes and offering. We found that God is faithful right from the beginning. He did many miracles and he teaches from small little miracles and he continued to enable us to trust him more and more. I, I'd like to, yeah, I'll, I'll go on to the next part uh, in uh, sharing my own testimony. Uh, many years ago, we were actually renting a house. The kids were still small. And uh, we were thinking about buying a house. We were away from the city of Kuching for about nine years. And uh, coming back to the city of Kuching, we saw many people own properties and lives going on. So both of us were thinking about buying a house. And we started driving around the city, looking around. Now, which housing estate is, is within our budget or is it possible for us to buy? We were unsure. And then one day, as... I was worshiping God and we were in church. The, the pastor was preaching something else, but I heard, I heard a very clear voice. The Lord was saying very clearly to me, David had a desire to build God's house. And he said, you build God's house and he will build your house. And that time, our kids were real small, about between four years and below, the two of them. And uh, that was what I heard from God. So since then, my wife and me stopped hunting for houses. And we start pursuing God and His presence more and more in our life. We started pursuing the church vision and, the, and, and what God has been speaking more and more. By His grace, we focus on serving together. Obeyed Him in giving. Continue to run with the church vision. New churches were pioneered over the years in different parts of Sarawak. New workers were released and the church continued to grow. As we sought after Him and labored for the extension of His kingdom, we were blessed abundantly. We were blessed in many ways and there were so many testimonies in our family of God's goodness. Our relatives, we were the first generation Christian and both my wife and me are the youngest in the family and uh, our relatives who are non-believers were actually listening to our amazing stories and they were telling us that is a miracle from your God. That was amazing. For them to say it's a miracle, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. He did mighty things. So let us give towards God's purpose, our hearts, our resources, our time. God's vision in this house for worship. Let us give towards the God-given vision of transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah. And there was once when I was uh, sleeping at night, and uh, I was startled, and I got up at night. And uh, when I got up, I thought it could be my daughter, Phoebe, who was about three, four years old, that needed something. So I look around, nothing happened. So I heard a very clear voice again, the voice of the Lord. And I heard for the first time, the Lord was calling me by name. And he says, look, which is more important to you? A million dollar or the presence of God? Wow. I heard that. Honestly, my mind had no answer. But at that point of time, I felt a voice 
And now I believe it's the Holy Spirit answering on behalf of me. The Holy Spirit was helping me and he was telling the presence of God. And the moment the reply went, the presence of God, the answer came back again. Then the presence of God, the house and the million dollars are all yours. I was moving on, serving the Lord together as a family, not knowing what's going to happen. But one thing I knew, we want to press on in our secret place, seeking His presence, enjoying His presence. And on top of that, coming to church, into the sanctuary, worshipping and seeking His presence, telling others about being filled with the Holy Spirit, touched by the Holy Spirit, transformed by the Holy Spirit. And God is present everywhere we go. Being filled with the Holy Spirit was an important matter in our lives. So we sought and we sought after the Lord. And uh, the years passed by. You know, sometimes I would imagine, wow, would I see a check of a million dollars? No, I didn't. And I haven't seen until today. I never had $100,000 in my bank also. You know, I had very, very small amounts from hundreds to a few thousand perhaps. But yet, when the, as the time passed by, the Lord did miracles, opened the door. First, he brought my eldest daughter, Phoebe, paying international fee to come and study in University of Canterbury for four years. There was international fees. And then my second daughter, Naomi, she also came forth to University of Canterbury. God was preparing the way for us by bringing our family first. Amazing. Then she studied an honors degree for four years. International fee again. And then subsequently, in 2018, my wife and me were here in Bible college for a year. So when we total up all the amount for the international fee and convert it back to our, our currency, it's more than a million. I never thought. Church. Many of our, our friends who are businessmen refused to send their daughters overseas in the past 10 years because the global economy was not good. And they keep saying it's not good, it's not good, it's not good. We are not going to say it's not good. God is good. Amen? And He's good all the time. He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He holds our wallet. He holds our bank accounts. He knows when to multiply it. And every year, we live by faith. The money came in just on the right time for their flight, for their fees, for their living expenditure. It was not a lump sum that came in four years one, but every year, it came year after year at the right time. When we were thinking where it will come from, it came. And the Lord blessed them. So when we look back, we know that God has passed a million for us. And He is, he is faithful. He never changes. And I believe that we have not seen the end of things because he's an unchanging God. The good work that he has begun, he will bring all things to completion. The last thing that I would like to share is the heart of the house is loving. In 1 Peter 2.5, Peter writes, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Heart for the house also means loving the spiritual house that God is building. And each of us are a living stone. Then Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And he's bringing each and every one of us many colors, many sizes from different sources. Just like Solomon's temple were built by rocks from Jerusalem and also from other places. Precious rocks. We are all precious living stones. And God is fitting all these different rocks together to build by love, to build by spirit of grace this house that he's building. 
and let us respond to this house with the love for one another. And the scripture says in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, let us consider how we may spur one another, encourage one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. Never give up coming to church. Amen. Never give up coming to this sanctuary. Never give up coming to exalt Jesus in this place for his coming. And he's, doing, he's going to do a mighty work among us. So I thank God for this privilege and honor of coming together. But above all, I would like to talk to, about Jesus to you. And that is the calling in my life to talk about Jesus. If there are any one of you that haven't come to know Jesus, I can tell you it's worth giving up everything on this planet Earth just to know Jesus. His love, his peace, his joy, his transforming power is so great. I will not be standing here if not because of Jesus. I will not be where I am in my family because of Jesus. I will not be the person I am in the midst of my unbelieving relatives because of Jesus. He has done great and mighty things. And we would like to encourage you this morning, if there's any one of you, let's close our eyes for a moment. If there's anyone in this place, you would like to surrender your life to Jesus. He's got greater things for you. He changed my life. He transformed my life. He can do it for you. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Would you slowly lift up your hands to Jesus, wherever you are. Surrender your lives to Jesus this morning. Never hesitate. There will never be regrets. Forty years ago, I did it, and I never, never, never looked back and regretted would you please lift up your hands this moment to Jesus? He will come into your life. He'll give you the peace that you never felt before. He'll remove all your guilt. He will give you a brand new beginning. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Could you lift that hand higher a bit? The Bible says the angels are witnessing us this Sunday morning. As you lift up the hand, lift it up higher. Let the angels of God see. It's not about the person on the left or right. You just lift up your hands. Angels are witnessing. I saw the hand just now. Thank you. Any other hand? Could you please lift up your hand? Lift up the hand. Lift up your hands to Jesus. Let him come into your lives. Let him come into your life. I see your brother. Thank you. Thank you. Could you lift up your hands higher straight? The Bible says heaven is our witness. Thank you. Thank you. And let us pray together. Let us pray. Inviting Jesus into our life, especially you have lifted up your hand just now briefly. Could you please open your heart, brother? Open your heart and follow this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for all my sins. I thank you that you are God and you are my Savior. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Cleanse me from all my sins and be my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.